This is Lisa DeLay, and you are listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School Lesson 176, Accompanied. Today is the last episode in 2020. A lot of us are ready to kick 2020 to the curb. It's been quite a year. The band U2 sings a song called New Year's Day, and they sing Nothing Changes on New Year's Day. In many ways, the days ahead in the new year, we will be bringing all the same baggage with us, all the same problems with us into the new year. On the calendar, it will be January. And many of us hold out hope that things change or there is a chance for change when the month changes or the year changes. And sometimes we get a little disappointed when that doesn't come to fruition. This year, I have chosen a word that I want to hold close in this coming year and come back to again and again. And that word is accompanied. Of course, I don't know what the new year brings. And when I did my episode at the beginning of last year, I had definitely no idea the horrors and the deaths, the suffering and the chaos that 2020 would bring. And I felt pretty hopeful, but I also felt unsure. This year, when I think about the word accompanied, that is what I want to offer the people I'm in contact with. If you hear me on this program weekly, I want you to feel accompanied by me in the joy and also in the sorrow. I will also be looking to be accompanied by you, fellow pilgrims and travelers on this way of life. As we come to the end of a year or the beginning of a new one, it's customary for many of us to reflect on the year that's gone by or to decide what we would like to do differently in the new year. And I find myself just at a point of such exhaustion. I can't really gather myself to think about what this year has been like. It's been just terribly exhausting on emotional levels, mental levels, spiritual levels, and vicariously and directly witnessing some of the troubles that have happened this year. It's hard to to draw the energy I need to do something like that. But I was listening to the on-being event that took place with Krista Tippett, Lucas Johnson, and Padre Gotuma, who read a poem about the solstice that happened on December 21st, which I will link to in the show notes for this episode. I was watching that event on a live stream, and I thought that there were some really helpful starting points for beginning to think about what 2020 was like for us and what we can take from it even if we're in a place of tiredness and exhaustion and fatigue from it. We don't have to reconcile everything that happened. We don't have to comb over every month with a fine-tooth comb. We can allow ourselves to grieve and to be tired and to rest. But Krista brought up some things that I thought would be helpful for us. And if you're the kind of person who is interested in learning and growing, I suggest that you Take the time to get a piece of paper, maybe just put this on pause for a moment, get a piece of paper and a writing instrument, and then write down these just few questions to ask yourself for a few moments and take the time to get ready for the new year that's coming ahead. We're all going to have to pull together and be brave and courageous through it. So the first one is, what does it mean to be human in 2020? What has it meant for you to be human in 2020? What has that looked like? What has that felt like? What has it asked of you? What did you find out about your own humanity in 2020? 
don't worry about the humanity of others or the inhumanity of others. Just look at your own heart and your own life. You've been challenged. And when we have challenges like this, usually the cracks come out. We find out a little more about ourselves during times of testing. Number two, what did you learn in 2020? You might have learned some hard lessons. You might have learned some fantastic, delightful lessons. One of the things I think I learned most profoundly experientially is that despair and hope often come conjoined. They often come as a pair. And I don't know that I have experienced it quite like that before until this year. And number three, the final one, what good can you take with you into 2021 that you've learned or that you've received or that you are being invited to in this new year? There are lots of challenges laid before us, but what personally do you find that you want to take into the new year? You'll take some things into the new year inadvertently, but what things do you want to take on purpose? A new year is a great time to leave some things behind that we don't need for our journey, things that are too heavy to bear, and we can put them down. It's also a time where we can get our priorities realigned. We can tuck some things that we cherish more deeply away. One of the things I'm doing this year is enjoying the entire season of Christmas tide. The 12 days of Christmas end at Epiphany, or Three Kings Day, January 6th. And I'm enjoying all 12 days of Christmas. I'm reflecting on them more deeply. The decorations don't have to go away so that I have to endure a gloomy, dreary, colorless winter. I've learned that many people keep up their tree or some form of decorations until February 2nd, which is called the Presentation of Jesus at the Temple, or Candlemas, and that Christmas is actually a 40-day celebration. And after that 40-day celebration is a period of time before Ash Wednesday and a period of Lent and a different kind of reflection. I want to sink more deeply into the ancient traditions of slower time, ones that call us to reflect more deeply about all the human experiences we have, both the positive and the negative, the challenging ones and the easy ones to have, like joy and celebration. And they sink more deeply into the traditional liturgical Christian year, recognizing more of the feast days and more of these older traditions. I feel more grounded and I feel more like my human experiences are noticed and able to be embodied in more sacramental kind of ways, lived out spirituality kind of ways in my everyday connections. There's more space for them this way. So what word might you come back to again and again? For mine, it will be accompanied. Maybe you can come back to one word again and again and let it be your focus word. Now I'm going to read a few paragraphs of an article I found. I will give you the link to the entire article found at aeon.co. And this is written by Nicholas Jones, who is the department chair and professor of philosophy at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. This article is called, At Times of Suffering, The Greatest Gift is Accompaniment by Another. And I'm going to pull from this article just a few passages that struck me that I want to keep with me close. He writes, To accompany another is to give companionship against despair, dissonance, 
and desolation. Against desolation, one who accompanies offers consolation. Being with another in their solitude by creating opportunities for testimony, listening and hearing without judgment and reinforcing the other's dignity by acknowledging their experience and struggle. Against dissonance and despair, one who accompanies also fosters reconciliation by affirming strength and resilience, bringing one's presence to the other's difficulties, validating ways that the past pulls upon the present, and participating in efforts to imagine ways of transforming or reframing the effective significance of the other's reality. The carryings by others, and in the article prior to this paragraph, he writes about families rallying around to ease the struggle of a mother with a dying child. The carryings by others, when these are acts of accompaniment, these acts demand of those who accompany forgoing fears and strategies for self-protection for the sake of giving witness to an unavoidably difficult present and an irreparably uncertain future. They demand companionship rather than distancing, directed toward helping another bear what seems to be unbearable. When compassion opens us to the struggles of another in situations that induce despair, dissonance, and desolation, it can be difficult to discern an appropriate response. The temptation is to manage the other's condition, to offer solutions or platitudes, to approach the other objectively. But despair, dissonance, and desolation are not faults to be managed, and efforts to the contrary deny our powerlessness against the other's vulnerability. Adopting the stance of accompaniment, by contrast, embraces the truth the other knows all too well, and in doing so, embraces the other. It succeeds not by resolving problems, but by aligning with the other, experiencing the other's suffering in common, allowing the other's struggle to matter and affect one's own experience, and responding with speech or action or silence in ways that don't obstruct the other's efforts to confront their own situation. Those were just a few snippets from Nicholas Jones's article, At Times of Suffering, The Greatest Gift is Accompaniment by Another, and that was written in April 2020. This year upcoming is 2021, and we will need each other. In new ways, in muscular ways, in ways that will require our wisdom, our bravery, our fortitude, and of course it will require our deep empathy to overshadow our instincts that prioritize self-preservation, the kind that incite selfish acts and not seeing the struggles and needs of others. And we also need the mutuality of being accompanied ourselves. We need to be able to ask for help and not just be the ones who always give it. We need to acknowledge our vulnerability as social creatures. We are part of a give-and-take system and society where when we all give and take, we all do better for it. 
If you had a hard year in 2020, I pray that your wounds and your heartache and your hurts be bound up and comforted. I wish you blessing in the new year, peace and rest for your soul, for your mind, for your body. I ask that you accompany me in this new year. This year is full of potentially promise and healing and new and creative ways to be with each other, to hold each other close. If we can't hold each other close physical ways as we have been used to, we can find other ways to keep each other in mind, to tell each other, I see you. I see what you're doing. I'm rooting for you. I'm supporting you. I thank you for being with me all this way on Spark My Muse this year. There is much in store for 2021, including my first published book with Broadleaf Books, which I'm very excited about, that will be released in April and is available for pre-order right now. Please remember that January 6th, there is a live event. You can go to sparkmymuse.com and go to the book club for that. Charlotte Donlin will be there to discuss her book, The Great Belonging, a wonderful book that helps us overcome loneliness by being there for each other. It's a really beautiful book. I hope you pick it up and read it. And even if you don't read it, come and join us for a wonderful time. January 6th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be recorded. You can see the replay if you're not able to make it at that time. For all the people who help out with Spark My Muse and support it, I thank you so much. And we all wish you a very happy new year. Mm-hmm.